Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. How lovely was that service leading? It was lovely. I'm a lucky man. That's my wife, by the way. I'm not just saying that to a random a random female in the church. Uh, if you're new with us, welcome. My name's Joel. I'm one of our pastors here. You've come to an unusual service. It's a bit shorter. Well, it's dramatically shorter. Uh, and we have a working bee. So if you're new with us this morning, um, stick around anyway. We'd love to get to know you, give you a coffee. At the end of our working bee, between 12.30 and 1, we're going to have a barbecue. So stick around for that as well. Unlimited sausages. You can have three on one bit of bread if you want. Don't tell Bunnings. Bunnings, I'm a, oh, I wish, I wish. Who loves Bunnings sausages? Who thinks there should be 10 on each bit of bread? Yeah, yeah, good. I'm going to bring us around the word in a second, but I just want to highlight uh, two things in our church family. Where are Dave and Bonnie? Oh, is Robinson outside? Is he in the, oh, he's in the, we have a new baby in church today, so make sure you are, go give that baby a sniff, go give it a prophecy. Because church parents love when you corner their little babies and prophesy. So welcome to them this morning. And this week, um, our youth team, some of our youth team went to a Youth Alive Young Leaders Retreat. Uh, and I was encouraged, and actually uh, I'm on our state team for Youth Alive, was very encouraged by our team's two things, our willingness to serve and fill in gaps. They, they, it's normally a retreat that they kind of go away and relax a little bit, at, but they all volunteered and served uh, with food staff and host team, and Ryan jumped on the stage at one point and took the microphone from the worship leader and led a song. Um, but also that we were a well. Uh, youth pastors and youth leaders across our state have had a difficult couple of years. Um, imagine uh, leading young people on Zoom. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, so it was great for our team to go and refresh and be a well. That's a part of who we are as a church. So thank you, youth team. You did our house proud. Uh, and no doubt there will be youth pastors and youth leaders that were refreshed because of what you carry and what you brought. Let me bring us around our word this morning. It's a shortened message, but it's still going to be what you need. Is that okay? Sound good? On our screen, a scripture is going to appear. Proverbs 27 verse 17. We're going to look at the NIV and also the message paraphrase. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The message paraphrase says, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. I want to talk for a few moments this morning about, uh, I did ask the production team to give me an aggressive countdown clock, and if you turn around and you look at that screen right now, that is aggressive. That is a statement. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, but I want to share this morning around the importance of who we associate with, uh, how much the company, the friends around us, how much the crew around us defines our pursuit. Your crew defines what you pursue. So this morning, it's going to be good. Let me pray for us, and then Kez can relax her little fingers for a moment, and she'll be back up in record time to give me the outro keys music. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it can transform and change us, that it is powerful. We honor it. We acknowledge that it can transform and change us. And we acknowledge that we need changing. 
We ask, Jesus, you would continue to transform us, continue to make us more like your son, Father. We ask that you would be honored today, and we pray through the working bay that there would not be any sweat, that you would protect our glands, and that we'd all enjoy sausages, endless sausages, and we would gain no weight, we would gain strength, we would not feel fatigued, and we wouldn't need an afternoon nap. In Jesus' name, everybody said in faith, amen. amen. Thank you, Kez. There's an author by the name of Malcolm Gladwell. He is an author, he is a thinker, and in one of his books, it's a famous book called Outliers, he outlines a truth about the 2007 Junior Medicine Hat Tigers Ice Hockey Team. That's right, I memorised all nine of those words in that order, astonishingly. Let's give me one clap. That was very weird. But very obedient, thank you. You're all ready to clap. This is the Pentecostal church. You clap that sadness away, church. You clap that sadness away. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> very weird reaction. Uh, but Malcolm Gladwell is infamous for pointing out uh, extraordinary truths in mundane information. And he noticed something about the 2007 Junior Medicine Hat Tigers Ice Hockey Team. This was a juniors team in Canada, and he pointed out something about the 2007 roster, and it's going to appear on our screen. This is the 25 players that made up this team. I'm not going to say it each time, the 2000, I won't, but... These are the players, and if you notice in the highlighted area, eight of these 25 players, there is something notable about them, that they were born in the first few weeks of the year. And he points out an observation that many professional athletes and professional teams, especially sports uh, around winter themes, um, those that get to a professional level are those born in the first few months of the year. And the reason for this is when you start ice hockey in, I don't know, nine, eight years old, the people that are the best are not the people that are the most talented, they're the people that are the oldest. That's what happens if you are a good one year older at the age of six, seven or eight, like you were born in January 1st rather than December 35th, I don't know how many, 30 days, September, April, June, and I'll just have 31, 31, um, there's a big gap between these little athletes. So they get extra attention, they seem to be better, so they get uh, more, more chance of training, personal training, and they get better and better, and the gap wasn't because they were better to be talent, uh, they were better at the beginning, it was just because they were a, a little bit older. And he makes this, this observation that these professional athletes, most of them weren't talented or great, it was because of their age and then because of the group that formed. These, these guys in the beginning of their year, a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, the cutoff was January 1st, ended up outperforming those that were simply born in the wrong month. And there's this, this observation across a lot of different uh, sports and a lot of different teams, and it makes me think of the infamous parent that is overly concerned about who their kid hangs out with. Maybe you've been a parent and you've thought, I don't know if I like my child hanging out with that Joel Mitchell um, or that kid or that person. There was a, there was a kid, um, I'm not mentioning any names. Um, no, I won't. Um, 
There was a kid um, in, in, Jer- in one of Jeremiah's classes that was, uh, Jeremiah told me that he was the bad kid. Uh, and because he got in trouble, he bit some kids. Um, he did things that my younger daughter Ellie would do. Um, and I said to Jeremiah, I was like, he's maybe not the bad kid, maybe he's a hurt kid, or maybe he feels alone or isolated. I remember sitting in the office one day, and I, uh, it was in the actual interview process, um, and I remember witnessing a parent, and this parent was intense, and said, I, you wanted to come to this school, you're going to go through this school, and it was actually the same kid that was acting out and was being bad. He wasn't bad at all, he was just hurt, he just had pressure. So the concern of like, I don't want my kid to hang out with that boy. I want my son to hang out with that boy. I want that boy to feel valued and honored and encouraged. I want him to have some life from little Jeremiah. It's not Jeremiah's job to do that. Mm, Actually, it is Jeremiah's job. (laughs) It's all of our jobs to add to those that are suffering. If one part suffers, we all suffer. So I want to bring us around the word this morning as we conclude. The title of today's message is this, My Mom Said I Can't Be Your Friend. Have you said that to someone before? Maybe it was a kid that, I don't know, was smoking around you. It was primary school, year two, and they were smoking. Your mom said, I don't want you to hang out with that Nathaniel Curtis. He sounds a little bit dodgy. Um, It could have been those experiences, but I want to get a truth out of this this morning for us. It says in Psalm 1, verse 1 to 2, It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step, everyone say, step with the wicked or stand in the way uh, that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on the law day and night. There is a truth here written in the beginning of this amazing book, this worship book of Psalm, that it is important who you associate with, who your group is, what, what your, your crew is, your team is, your gang is. And it doesn't matter if you're a whole bunch of misfits, but the family that you adopt yourself into, the friends that you choose are of huge importance. So the what of today's message is simply that. It is who you choose matters. The why of who you choose is simply this. A truth this morning is that all qualities are infectious. Isn't that just an on-topic word for us as as a humanity right now? That all qualities are infectious. Bad qualities are infectious, but the truth is positive qualities are infectious. If you can get yourself in the right group, she knew when to get up, it's okay, she's not some, uh, she knew that point, that point, get up there. That if you can surround yourself with encouraging people, I'm going to tell you it's infectious. If you can surround yourself with people of faith, it is infectious. If you can surround yourself with people that aren't caught up in drama, it is infectious. That don't gossip, that speak truth instead. Those that have uh, their love, hope and faith placed in Jesus, it is infectious. Proverbs uh, 13 verse 20 gives us an amazing truth and it says this in Proverbs 1320, it says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. This morning, church, let me encourage you. If you want to go somewhere this year, Vision Sunday is coming up next Sunday. We're going to talk about what our church family is doing and where we're going. I can say that, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you the next five years. 
But take a sober look at the qualities in your life and who is responsible for them. It's you. It's you and who you choose. It's you and who you surround yourself with. Maybe you're extremely discouraged and you need some encouragement and you need to be vulnerable and open about where you are with encouraging people so that that quality, that fruit of the Spirit that is not just good for the... The fruits of the Spirit are good because people get to eat them. So when we talk about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, those things are important because they're good for Jared's life, but if he produces those fruits, Mikey gets to eat from them. Those qualities that we want in our life of generosity, of love, of faith, of passion and pursuit after God, our values of family and cross-generational family, we eat those fruit when we produce them. Can I ask you this morning... Your five closest friends, are there qualities that you admire and love, or do they bring out the worst in you? So the what is, my mum said we couldn't be friends. The why is all qualities are infectious, and the how of how we can be the type of people to make decisions and surround ourselves with people that the future us will be thankful that we befriended is this that there is only one solution for infection, and that is isolation. Isolation is a word that we use negatively um, a lot. Maybe it's in COVID. Maybe it's when someone's going through stuff and they isolate themselves and start being bad. But I want to tell you uh, there's a very important key to isolate yourself from bad company. Maybe you've You've got something to give and bring, but because of society at the moment, everyone seems very, very eager, very, very desperate to share their opinions. But you've got gold, you've got pearls to give, but the piggies, the piggies around you are eating at them. And you're giving those pearls, those truths to people that aren't valuing them. Maybe you should isolate yourself from some of those things. Uh, maybe young people, young adults in this room, you need to examine who your friends are. Isolation happens internally first and externally. So if someone's going to be disgruntled in church, it happens in here first. It's, I don't know about that Justin on drums today. Too much symbol work for me. And we begin to draw back. And then suddenly we start coming 15 minutes late to worship because we're drawing back internally. It can happen in both ways. We isolate ourselves from good company and suddenly get bad fruit in our life. And we isolate ourselves from bad company and suddenly we have good fruit in our lives. It's all about the company. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says this, do not be misled. Everyone say it together. Bad company corrupts good character. That's the speed that most people like me preaching at. Don't be misled, church. The things that God has placed on the inside of you won't be corrupted by anything but the company you keep. Do you want to change the world? Do you want to see your workplace or your family or your street one? Who are the people around you that are fanning that desire, that God-given anointing, that call to reach and save the lost? Who is fanning that into flame and who is a giant wet blanket stopping what God is doing in your life? Examine your company. I want to give you a intense truth that you're all going to be like, oh, I'm going to write this down. This is so good. Uh, and it's this. Uh, last slide. Thanks. 
Uh, never associate with those who share your defects. They will reinforce everything that holds you back. Never associate with those that share your defects. They will reinforce everything that holds you back. Does that mean never talk to anyone that has got anything going on negative? Of course not, because we all do. We're all a little bit dramatic. We all complained once because the fabric that we had to wear in church irritated our noses. Like, we've all done that. But I want to challenge you. Don't surround yourself with people that are just like the same things as you or attend the same church as you or, or, or have the same taste in music or humor. Surround yourself with people that are going to concrete the God in you. They're going to concrete his kingdom in you. They're going to concrete who you're called to be and what you're called to do. Because if you surround yourself with people that bring out the worst in you, you will find yourself being extremely comfortable but extremely far away from who God has called you to be. Could you be your own mum for a second? And ask yourself, <laughs> my mum said I can't play with you. Are there things, people, conversations, thoughts that you need to isolate yourself from? Maybe it's a lie that's been playing over your head. You need to isolate yourself from it. You need to have truth spoken over you again and again. And I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes as we finish the service today. Holy Spirit, I ask that if there's any company inside of us or around us that is corrupting the character of the kingdom, that is corrupting the fruits of the Spirit, that is corrupting who we're called to be, whether they be lies that are bouncing around in our head or voices that speak into our vulnerability negatively, I ask, God, that they would be silent and dim. I ask that they would buckle at the knees to what Jesus says. I ask that storms, lies, and bad company would fade. And what you say would remain. And what you say would transform and change us. I ask, Holy Spirit, as we do this working bee, that I pray even as we serve on teams and we get alongside of each other, that the good company would build good character. In Jesus' name, everybody said three two, one, did it. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.